0: Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host Mike Patria riding solo for this wonderful Saturday, February 26th card. We have 6 games to talk about on the main slate. And it's going to be uh it's going to be a strange one, an interesting one, we should say. Uh we got a rematch between the Nuggets and the Kings. We have Two teams, both on the second half of back-to-backs, that played in a multiple overtime game on Friday. So we got to kind of monitor that news and see if anybody ends up sitting out doing a rest or whatever it may be. And then overall, some some pretty sketchy games. with The Bucks <laughs> facing off against Brooklyn, uh, that one could easily get out of hand. But nonetheless, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all this good stuff. We got a lot of good games to jump into. Uh, the nights past few nights have been quite profitable. I just want to give a shout out to some of our listeners who did. Uh, shoot me messages on Twitter, posting their wins. Uh, we had one of our, I guess you could say, prominent listeners or daily listeners and Eli. want to give you a quick shout-out, bud. Took down that $4 four GPP. Uh, dude's been crushing it. And, you know, got to give him credit. He gave us the credit, but I got to give credit to himself, too. Uh, it, it's just bottom line. I mean, we provide some of the picks. We provide some of the tools and, and what we're looking at. But, you know, he he had his lineup built and some of these guys I didn't mention or didn't play. So I got to give him credit where it's due. Dude absolutely crushed it. And, you know, it, it poised me to want to eventually and I'm saying eventually maybe we do it this coming week. where we're going to host a contest for our listeners first place. You know, we always talk about giving away a prize and everything like that. How about this for a prize? First place could jump on a podcast with me on a Saturday. That's what I'm thinking. And credit to him part of it was his suggestion part of it was me just saying uh we need to do it but i mean kid's been earning it i say kid grown man i, I never talked to you but i'm excited i'm excited to get to to get to know you and uh, listen i hope if you take down that podcast you're the guy that ends or that that contest or the guy that gets to jump on the podcast with me but we have a new slate we have some exciting things to talk about here before we jump into anything quick shout out to thrive fantasy guys come prop up with us On Thrive Fantasy this NBA season, Thrive is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. In fact, it is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Now, how do you play? You choose 10 of 20 available player props and build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over 50,000 guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and $6 million thus far. So when you head over there and you sign up, use the promo code ethos, that's E-T-H-O-S, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. You can download Thrive in the App Store, the Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. And you guys hear us say it every at the end of every show, we're we're giving away some picks. And yeah, you know, we don't we don't like to toot our own horns here, but they've been pretty solid picks up to this point. But let's jump into everything, guys. Like I said, six games to talk about. Won't be a very long podcast. First one on the night is Toronto Raptors traveling to Atlanta, taking on the Hawks. Now, for the Raptors, they are on the second half of a back-to-back and they got torched by the Hornets on Friday. And then the Hawks, we have John Collins. He is ruled out. Lou Williams is ruled out. DeAndre Hunter is probable. We'll go check out and see what Vegas has to say about this game real quick. And at the moment, it looks like this game is having the Hawks favored by two points. And the game total is 225. So nice, nice game. And that's the theme, I think, of tonight. I mean, almost all these games outside of uh, the Washington-Cleveland game has a game total over 220 a lot of these in the 230. So there's going to be some high fantasy scoring lineups outside of it only being a six game slate. We'll start off here with the Raptors. As we know, OG is going to remain out with the fractured finger. Uh, They have yet to kind of announce a timetable, but we kind of already got inklings of what that means. And that means that they're going to probably go with a little bit more Siakam at the four uh, and then just play with a little bit of a bigger lineup. And then going against this Hawks team, they might need a little size against Capella, but uh, no, John Collins. I have a feeling that we do see a little bit more Siakam at the five in this one. I still think Boucher and I still think Precious and I do think Birch. One of those guys will draw the start. Most likely Birch. And I do think you know, whoever does draw that start, they're in play. Birch is probably the guy I'm the least interested in. If he draws the start, actually where where my interest is going to be peaked the most is probably still in Thad Young. And I had a decent amount of Thad uh, on that Friday slate, so, and it didn't quite pan out the way I liked. Uh, but I think a lot of that came in hand due to the blowout nature of the game. He still played 21 minutes, uh, and that's what he played against Minnesota right before the break. And we heard Nurse kind of come out and say that Dad Young is going to be an integral part of this rotation going forward with no OG. He's going to have to step up for him. So I imagine if this game stayed closer, we probably would have saw more of like that 24 to 26 minutes from dad. And I'm going to go right back to the well as a value play on this one. He's only 3200 He has power forward and center eligibility, so you can slide him into multiple different spots. He's probably my favorite Raptor play on the night. It uh, doesn't mean I think he's going to be the highest scoring Raptor on the night. I still think, you know, Siakam and Van Vliet are both in excellent spots. Van Vliet coming in at 8500 That's a fantastic price tag for Van Vliet. The dude's averaging 47.5 DK points against the Hawks this season. And you know if you are a casual or a uh, daily listener of this show. Any point guard going against the Hawks has my interest peaked. Uh, it's just that simple. And at 8,500 with the this matchup, those are probably my two top plays. It's going to be Van Vliet. It's going to be Thad Young. And if we hear that Boucher draws a start at 4,400, I'd have interest in Boucher. Now, Precious at 34, like I said before, he played 24 minutes in that last game, 23.8 minutes. Uh, put up 20 DK points, so there's definitely worse you can do. I think that I prefer I prefer all three of those guys over over, uh, I'm sorry now, Ken Burch, even though he drew the start. So if I had to rank these guys in order of where I see my percentages going, you'd probably be Thad, Van Vliet, Precious, Boucher. On the other side of the ball, looking at the Hawks team, I was all over Clint Capella, and that last one worked out great. Again, not trying to toot my own horn here, but sometimes, you know, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. I got to a little bit. I think I said he would get this. Looked like it was a 16 rebound game for him. Finished with 17 rebounds, put up 40 DK points, played 29 minutes against the Bulls. His price tag jumped up from 5,800 all the way to 66 going against a matchup against Toronto. I don't like this matchup as much. So I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go there. There's always risk associated when you're playing Capella. Uh, I do think he's still a solid play. But he's not going to be like that same situation I liked with him on Thursday. So don't see myself going to Capella as much. I do think I'll go back to the well with Bogdanovich, though, at 6,100. This dude just continues to be a force on offense for this team. We're now talking at least 20 actual points in four out of the last five games. And in those spans, he has never had less than 30 DK points. And the upside of hitting about 38 and four out of the five. So give me that. I'm all over it. 6,100, I like that. Small forward forward and shooting guard eligibility. I'm good there. I don't mind going back to the well with a little bit of Danilo Gallinari. He played big minutes against the Bulls, played 35 minutes, and now he's played at least 30 minutes in two out of the last three games. In the game that he didn't, he played 26 minutes, and it was also a blowout. So I think Gallo is an excellent option that we can go back to the well with. In both the games that he played at least 30 minutes, he scored at least 30 DK points. And I think Trey Young's in a decent bounce-back spot here. Going against his Raptors team, he's going to draw the Van Vliet defense, the Gary Trent defense, no OG on this court anymore. So, you know, Scotty Barnes is still an excellent defender, but it was OG that kind of anchored this defense. He put up 50 DK points on this team earlier in the season. 9,500 is just too cheap for what Trey Young has done on a recurring basis, on a night-to-night basis. The guy's averaging almost 49 DK points on the season. Uh, coming off of two poor shooting games where he shot 3 of 17, and then right before he we went into the break of the game that they blew out Orlando, he was only 5 of 13. So... Even in a game where he shot 3 of 17, he still managed to dole out 10 assists and finish with 32 DK points. And, yes, we don't want to pay 9,500 for a guy that gets 32. But, like I said, this seems like it's a good bounce-back spot, and the dude's not going to shoot 3 of 17 every night. On to the next game. Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Chicago, taking on the Bulls here. Looking at the Bulls, Lonzo, Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams all ruled out. And then for the Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks continues to be out while Tyrell Terry is in the G League. Now, going to Vegas, this game has a 236 game total. So, one of the higher ones of the night. Grizzlies are being favored by one point. We'll start off here with the Grizzlies. John Morant coming in at 9,700. Uh, I, I never mind, John. You'll hear me say it all the time. If you want to play him, play him. I won't fault you one bit. I think for a similar price tag, I prefer Trey Young ever so slightly. He got he got slightly hobbled in that last game, but still remained to stay in the game and didn't really affect him too, too much. But with that being said... I, I just don't see myself landing on John Morant. Again, would it fault you if you did? I'll be looking to some of these ancillary options. Desmond Bain, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I can not we, we can't even call him ancillary at this point. They're the other two biggest players on this team. Uh, Jaron at 7100 is just a little too cheap. Now, Jaron is very very Clint Capella-esque, where he's very up and down. Sometimes the minutes, they fluctuate. If the game gets out of hand, we know that they're going to limit his minutes. I do not expect this game to get out of hand, though. I expect it to stay fairly close. And... It's going to be a competitive one and with a high game total and the game that they played earlier in the year he put up 29 dk points in only 25 minutes now if he plays 30 to 35 minutes we're probably looking at 40 dk points uh again and bottom line when this guy's getting 30 minutes he's going to produce in multiple ways he scored at least 40 dk points in three out of the last four games i'm good with some jaron jackson jr don't mind him one bit now how much do i land on is a different story just the way my builds are working I don't know. I'll be mixing the match in a couple different lineups. But nonetheless, I think he's a rock-solid option if you want to look that way. And then I also don't mind looking at Desmond Bain at 6,300. Just knowing that this dude has just consistently been consistent all season long. The shot attempts are always in the double digits. He struggled in that last one, only shooting 5 of 15. Didn't really give us much for the ancillary stats outside of the three boards and one steal, which really impacts his game. Uh, But outside of that, we're looking at two out of the past four games, 40 DK points or more. So at 6,300. It's very Jaron Jackson Jr. esque. I even think he might even have a bit more comfortable floor than Jaron at most nights, but their ceilings uh both remain the same. Forty plus TK points. I'd say about forty-five points is probably their ceiling. Jaron, Jared could probably hit that fifty to fifty five point ceiling. He just doesn't do it very often. Outside of the other those other ancillary guys, like uh, you know, D'Anthony Melton or if you're looking at a carly Anderson, I'm probably all set with those guys. Yeah, you know, I think we have enough value to trust where we don't need to take shots on those guys in anything but you know gpps and mass large field tournaments so i am all set over there on the bowl side of the ball don't really have much interest anywhere here i i listen i'll keep taking derozan off the chin uh i you know the guys put up at least 50 dk points over the past five games and in five of the past six so if you want to go that way it wouldn't fault you one bit at 10-5 you really need him to score this, continue this 35 actual scoring point games. It, it's just that simple. And at 10.5, even if he gets you 50, it, it, it's not burning you if you don't have – that's the thing. It's not like he's going to sit there and, and you're out of the tournaments. You're not winning anything uh, if DeRozan scores another 50. You can still easily have the number one lineup without having DeRozan even if he scores 50 DK points. So I just don't see myself going to that kind, that kind of route. Zach Levine at 8,600. He's back. He's playing significant minutes. It's just now at this point, all the big guys are healthy. And it's kind of tough to sit there and feel confident in Levine if is going to continue to score at this clip and take these many shot attempts. So I'm probably good with all the top spend-ups here. I think we have better options on the slate. If you wanted to look at A.O. or Kobe, sure, why not? At 6K, I think I think I still prefer McDonavich or Desmond Bain, so I don't see myself landing there either. It just comes down to the simple fact that I think that there are better options. Now, the one guy that I could see myself playing, and it's only if I need to, would be Javante Green. Guys routinely plays high 20s, low 30 minutes. He's not the highest usage player. He could kind of contribute across the board with his defensive abilities, decent rebounds. Again, though, Don't expect much on offense, especially with Zach Levine back now. Most of the shots are going to go right through the big guys in Vooch, Levine, and DeRozan. Third game of the night. This one's an interesting one. Washington Wizards traveling to Cleveland, taking on the Cavs. Uh, no injury report for Washington with the second half of back-to-back. Before for the Cavs, we know that Darius Garland, Karras, Farr, both those guys are going to miss at least the next one to two weeks. And now we got the news that Rajon Rondo is going to need one to two weeks off to he injured his toe. Colin Sexton remains out for the year. No Dylan Windler. He is in the G League. We'll go to Vegas here. It looks like that the Cavs are going to be favored by six points. And the game total of this game, well, I thought it was going to be higher, is only 209. Maybe it's because of the back-to-back. But we'll start off here at Washington, who is coming off of a thriller game, uh, the, in that last uh, last night's game, of 157 to 153 double overtime game against the Spurs, in which we saw some of these guys play some heavy minutes. Now, Kuzma played 46 minutes. Caldwell Pope played 42 minutes. Denny played 37 minutes. Now, if you're looking at your DraftKings game log, you're going to be like, what's this guy talking about? And that's exactly why you don't just game log, Chase. you got to actually, you know, look into it a little bit more and go check NBA.com. Go check some other sites. Go check some – do a little research on this because you would see, for some reason, they got these minutes messed up. They showed Thomas Bryant played 44 minutes. I, I believe they had, like, uh, Rui. They said Rui played 40 minutes. They said some of these guys played, you know, close to – like I think it said somebody played 70, if I'm not mistaken. I can't even remember who that is, but – None of that is true. But what is true is it is a back-to-back. And Daniel Gafford was one of my top value plays on Friday slate. And he'll be one of my top value plays on this slate, too. He's back into the starting lineup, regardless of whether or not he plays 28 minutes or 22 minutes. At 3,100, he's a good play. I mean, we're not going to expect him to, you know, get the entire lion's share. With that being said, now, it is the second half of a back-to-back. And we have to keep an eye on Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant only played 15 minutes now. Is he going to play on the back-to-back? I don't know. Maybe they limited him just so they could have him available for the back-to-back. Nonetheless, I, would be, I wouldn't be shocked if he sits. Excuse me. I had to, had to get a sip of coffee in there. But Gafford still remains one of my top value plays. Uh, outside of Gafford, Denny at 5K, he's an okay play. I don't mind any at 5K. I think that's right around where he should be priced. I don't want to pay the 8800 for Kuzma after he's coming off of a 46-minute game. It's a tough defensive matchup for the both front courts here, just going against Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. I'm all set there. So I think for the most part, the only options I'm really you know overly interested in would probably be Gafford, and I don't mind taking a stab at this point guard position uh, a little bit. Uh, we're we're starting to see the minutes creep a little bit closer now, though, when we're looking at these two guards. Ish Smith now has played 21 minutes, and in that game, Neto played 36. So Neto still has a stranglehold on that starting job. And at 4,700, with that being said, I think he's a solid option, but I don't really mind Ish on the second half of a back-to-back of a double overtime game. Wouldn't shock me if he plays closer to that 24-minute mark in this one. On the Cleveland side of the ball, I got some interest here. I think everybody's going to. With no Rondo, with no Garland, with no Levert, with no Sexton, they're getting thin at point guard. Now, they just made a signing of Tim Frazier, and he remains to be seen whether or not he'll be able to suit up. I imagine he will be, but he's not eligible on DK either way. But it's going to be eating the chalk on Brandon Goodwin at 4,200. Just eat the chalk. This guy's going to have to play significant minutes. We saw in the times that he was starting before with Garland out, he played well. He's coming off of a 30-DK point game, playing 24 minutes against Detroit, where he put up 15-5-4 and four with a steal. Eat the chalk. Don't Don't get cute here. Just eat the chalk. Uh, I, I Did I say it enough? Eat the chalk. Uh, another guy of interest in would be Laurie Marketed, though, at 5,800. He came back, started right in his usual spot at small forward. He only played 28 minutes. Those will eventually get bumped up over 30. But what I'm interested in is the 16 shot attempts. He shot six of 16. I thought a lot of the offense was going to get funneled through Mobley with no Garland, and it probably will. I'm not ruling Mobley out just because he had an eight shot attempt game. I expect this will be a little bit more aggressive in this matchup, especially given the matchup against Kyle Kuzma. Nonetheless, Laurie Marketing, you're getting a $1,000 discount compared to him. He's never been gun-shy. That's one thing about Laurie. We can always expect him to to have high-volume shot attempts if he's going to be given the chance to. So sign me up. I'm good with Laurie. I'm good with Goodwin. I do not mind even a little bit of Mobley if you want to go that way. I think he makes a good pivot after. He's coming off of a dud game where his ownership was, I wouldn't say high, but a lot of people had some interest in him. And he was averaging 32 DK points against his team in three games a season, and that was with Garland in most of those matchups. So. It's also worth noting that he managed to get 30 DK points on only eight shot attempts. Now, if he gets that to the 15 or 16 mark, like we've seen him do plenty of times this season, we're probably looking at 40 DK points. Keep those three guys in your player pool, mix and match, do whatever fits, I guess, best for your lineup construction. Fourth game of the night, San Antonio Spurs traveling to Miami, taking on the Heat here. The, uh, the Heat and Spurs are both on the second half of a back-to-back, so we do not have an injury report for this game. And as far as game line and game total, it is a 224 game total. And at the moment, it looks like Miami is going to be favored by 7.5 points. Kind of like that spread. I kind of like that spread. I, I, if I'm a betting man, I might be taking Miami just because of this back-to-back game with the Spurs coming off of a double overtime game, coming in there. I great granted, now Miami's on the second half of a back-to-back, but Miami's defense is tough. It's tough to even muster any points against, let alone, uh, I'd say, after you just had a lot of your starters play 40 minutes. So we'll start off here with the Spurs. DeJounte Murray, he was my top play in that last game. I had him all over the place, did not seem to fail, put up 70.25 DK points in 43 minutes. This is a a lot tougher matchup going against Miami. Coming off of that big game, I'm probably going to fade DeJounte here. Now, it's not something I do very often. He's usually one of those stars that always has a lower ownership. But granted, the minutes that he played in that last one, tough defense he's walking into, and some of these other options we have to spend up on, I'm okay with just avoiding him all in all. Now, the options I do think I could look at, I think Devin Vassal at 5,100. I had a little bit of shares in him last night in the lineups. I didn't have Murray. He struggled from the field, only 4 of 11, but he did manage to put up 32.5 DK points at 42 minutes. He's young. He's fresh. He hasn't had really any injury concerns for most of the season. I expect him to play 28 minutes. I'll have interest in him. I don't mind taking stabs at some of these ancillary options. We got to keep an eye on the news. Maybe we see that somebody on the wing sits. Maybe it's McDermott. Uh, maybe it's Murray. And if that's the case, you know Trey Man. Uh, I'm sorry, Trey Man, Trey Jones. If we see that Dejounte Murray starts becomes a lock at 3K, we're playing him, no doubt about it. I don't care about the matchup if he's 3K and he's starting. Uh, and we also have to keep an eye on a guy like Lonnie Walker, who's only 4,100. And here we go. This is one of those things. If you check the game logs, he did not play 76 minutes in that last game. So just keep your eye on that stuff. Don't don't buy into that. Uh, he actually played 35 minutes, which is significant. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but he did not play 76 minutes. He ended up having a great game where he shot 9-17. And he'd be the other guy that I could see getting some solid run if we happen to see that anybody needs to sit. So for the most part, it's Vassal, it's Lonnie Walker, and Trey Jones, if we see that any starters sit. Otherwise, I'm not too interested in, in anybody over here. And if Pirtle sits, it would be Landale that we're taking a look at. On the Miami side of the ball, back-to-back for these guys as well, Jimmy Butler coming off of what was what we wanted to see in the shot departments, which is 9-20. I mean even maybe a little better than 920 but he took 20 shot attempts but did nothing in the ancillary stats. Two assists, two boards, two steals. Only finished with 32 DK points. 9K is an excellent price tag for Jimmy, but I don't love this game environment as a whole and I don't think I'm going to spend my 9K there. I think I'd rather try to find the extra 500 and go to a guy like Trey Young if I could. I do think Bam's in a good spot though at 8400. I don't fault you if you want to look at Bam out of bio. Put up 45 DK points against his team earlier coming off of three straight games of at least 44, we'll say 45, because 44.75 is close enough. 45 DK points. And bottom line, he hasn't scored any less than 43 over the past five. So I think that we're starting to see that groove start again for uh, Bam. And most importantly, we're starting to see the defensive stats accumulate. I said this on a few shows, uh, a show a few days ago, where that's what we wanted to see. That's the one key that was missing out of Bam's you know, tool belt uh, for the most part of the season is that we're used to him being a defensive force where he'd be racking up blocks, getting decent steals. We've now had games where he's had four blocks, one steal, three blocks, no steals, two blocks, no steals, no blocks, one steal, no blocks, three steals. So we're starting to see these defensive numbers and it really boosts his floor up at 8,400. That's a little too cheap. Outside of him, the only other option I really have any interest in would be a guy like Tyler Hero, who keep your eye on it. He was dealing with knee soreness before the all-star break, which really limited him but that break might have been just what we needed because he played 31 minutes against the Knicks last night, shot 9-18, put up 44 DK points, and looked great. This dude at 6,200 is just a little too cheap. We know he has that 40-point upside on a nightly basis. He gives us a pretty comfortable floor around that high 20s for the most part because we know he's going to be extremely involved in this offense and take plenty of shot attempts. So I think for the most part, it's going to be Bam, and it's going to be Hero for me. Fifth game of the night, Brooklyn Nets traveling to Milwaukee, taking on the Bucks. For the Nets, Goran Dragic, the newly signed addition, is probable. Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons, all rolled out. For the Bucks, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez, both out. George Hill is questionable. At the moment, this game is coming in with the Bucks being favored by nine and a half points. I would even take the Bucks on that one. Uh, and the game total looks like it's going to be 234. And that's pretty much what I just said off the top. I, I don't expect this game to necessarily stay too close. They do have Kyrie. That's great and all. But with that being said, Kyrie hasn't really been paying off this salary uh, for the most part. I mean, 10K, and he's given us 49 and 48. That's fantastic. We'll take that. That's pretty much what you're paying for, though. The game against uh, Denver, he did come out and have a 27-point, 11-assist game and put up almost 60 DK points. But we've routinely seen him put up like these 38 and these 40s and these mid-40s and at that point, I feel more comfortable again with a guy like Trey Young. If I'm going to spend that much money on a guard, it's going to be Trey Young at 9,500. I just don't want to go to this Kyrie Irving route. I don't love the game environment. The Bucks' defense is rock solid. They play at a fast pace. Don't get me wrong. So it's an up-paced game for the Nets. But I just don't see how they can stay close. Uh, I I just don't see it. So for the most part, I'm avoiding a lot of these Nets guys. If I was going to go anywhere, it would probably be the Seth Curry or Bruce Brown route. And even then, I don't feel great about it. The centers just continue to mix and max minutes. So if you want to go that route, sure, why not? Uh, And then the one guy that I could see myself playing, I guess, regardless of the game situation, whether I think it blows out or not, would probably be James Johnson at 4,100 because he was routinely playing about high 20 minutes struggled from the field that last one only two of 12 still managed to put up 20 dk points 21.75 the dude is just a swiss army knife where he can kind of contribute all around the place they're going to need his size and defense going against Janis to probably find himself in foul trouble but at 4100 there's worse you can do probably my favorite brooklyn play and one of the only guys that end up having a majority of shares of on the buck side of the ball for everything i just said it's going to go over here if i'm not playing anybody to really run it back against brooklyn I just don't see myself, I think, with a lot of these uh, these Bucks guys. I mean, bottom line, if you wanted to play Giannis, I wouldn't fault you one bit. Uh, excellent play. The dude's averaging almost 60 DK points in only 28 and a half minutes against the Nets this season. The Nets defense remains putrid. They play quick, so it kind of almost matches that Bucks base. But I just don't think this game stays close. Right? I just can't have the confidence in playing these guys. I think they become very GPP-oriented plays. None of them are cash plays tonight just because we just can't trust the minutes. Uh, but if you think that this game could stay close, you're going to want some bucks action. I think Giannis makes for one of the better GPP pivots off of a guy like Jokic who we'll get to in the next game, just because I think a lot of people are going to have that same mentality I'm having right now, where why would I pay 11-8 for Giannis in a game that I think blows out, where I can get Jokic for $200 more, and a game that has the potential to stay a little bit closer. But be as you will. Play it the way you want. I'm just trying to give you the information, and I guess how I'm I'm looking at it. Uh, Final game of the night, Sacramento Kings traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets here. We'll go to the injury report for this one. This is a rematch. We just saw this one on Thursday. For the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. remain out. Zeke Nagy is questionable. And then for the Kings, Terrence Davis is out. Rashawn Holmes missed that last game due to the back spasms and back soreness. He is questionable in this game. Got to keep an eye on that one. Not that he has that starting job anymore. and a half game total. So, one of the, again, one of the higher ones of the night. And it looks like the spread is going to be favored for the Nuggets by nine points. I imagine that that... I'm probably taking the Kings on a nine-point spread. I think the Kings still lose this game. But nine feels slightly aggressive. Like, if you were to tell me that this game has a the same odds of blowing out as the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> going against the Nets, I'd probably say they, you know, you're lying. I think that the the Nuggets, you know, aren't as good as the Bucks, and I think the Kings are a little bit better than the Nets. So, uh, but that is in their current state without Ben Simmons and without Durant. Now, obviously, I think that goes without saying. But we'll start off here with Sacramento. I, I had a ton of Sabonis on that slate. He was my top spend up when he was 9K going against Denver. And he's going to be one of my top spend ups on this one. The dude's crushed Denver all season long. He's averaging 56.9 DK points against his team. He has no problem going against Jokic. We know that this he's starting to get a little bit more acclimated. He's starting to get the shot attempts up over the past two games from that last game against Denver and then going against Chicago before the All-Star break. Uh, 23, 15 shot attempts. The rebounds are always going to be high for him now that he's the lone center starting in that front court. Assists are always great for a big man. He's very Jokic light. Never going to contribute a ton in the defensive categories, but give me the high shot attempts, high assists, high rebounds for a center. Uh, yeah. Coupled with the fact that he has power forward eligibility. Uh, yeah. Uh, I got interest in him. Bottom line, 9-4. He's eventually going to work his way back up to that 10K price tag. I'm looking for another 50 DK points here. And at 9,400, he's probably one of my favorite next to Trey Young if you're going to spend. I like him more than Trey, but it depends on how you want to build your lineups by position eligibility. Outside of him, Darren Fox is going to be looking to bounce back. He had a very putrid game. It was basically a no-show in that fourth quarter, the that last one where they ended up losing by 18 points. And he's kind of shouldered a lot of it. Uh, 8,300. I don't think I'll end up falling on him, but I guess he takes for a good GPP pivot if you're looking for him to bounce back in this one. Outside of those two guys, it's probably the only guys I have really any interest in because I just don't want to take the chance with all these other guard rotations that they have with everybody healthy. Uh, DiVincenzo played to mid-20 minutes. We're going to end up seeing Don- Davion Mitchell probably playing the mid-20 minutes. So those guys are you know pretty much chopping minutes right down the middle. Davion's got a little bit of a higher minutes threshold, more likely to play him. But I think DiVincenzo has the better fantasy friendly game when it's all said and done. And then you also have to throw in guys like Justin Holiday and Jeremy Land, who are probably going to be playing close to mid-20s or high 20s in minutes. Uh, I think Holiday is intriguing at 4,200 if you wanted to look anywhere. But obviously, you can't really trust his floor or his ceiling. Just kind of a dark throw where he never owns uh, a lot of ownership. And if he's going to play high minutes and the shot falls that night, I can easily see him putting up 25 DK points. But nothing you could really trust and write home about. On the other side of the ball, Jokic is the top spend-up, no doubt about it. He's getting a $500 discount from that last game. He was 12-5, and he put up 65 DK points. And now he's getting a discount of $500. He's averaging 65 DK points against his team this season. That's paying off 12K. Uh, I can't see a better way to spend your money if you wanted to go there. I'll be having a lot of lineups where I'm pairing Jokic with. it's a bonus. Late game hammer. Take it at home. Uh I just want to do it. I, I did it in the last slate. It worked out well for me. And I, I get it. Not all things that happen once happen twice. But this is a great matchup for both these guys. I think they're both at slightly too cheap of salaries. So when it's uh when it's built like that and the writing's on the wall, I'm just gonna take advantage of it. And I won't go to Will Barton. I don't think I'll have much Aaron Gordon either. I think these guys are kind of priced appropriately. They'll always have their blow-up games here and there. I just don't want to sit there and play them every night, hoping that this is the game that they blow up. And I wouldn't mind Monte Morris at 5,200. He's starting to look much, much better, uh, getting a little bit more comfortable coming out of this All-Star break. Played 31 minutes against Sacramento, 7-9 shooting, ended up putting up 32 DK points. But at 5,100 or 5,200, I'm sorry, there's a lot worse you can do. He's usually pretty good for his floor, and sometimes he has those ceiling games where it's about 35 DK points. So... Wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go there as well. And that is all of the game. So now we will slide over to our player tier segment. Start with the expensive tier. As always, when I'm by myself, I give two for each tier. It's going to be Jokic. It's going to be Sabonis. You just heard me say it. There's no doubt about it. Really like both those guys. Now if I'm going to slide over to the mid-tier... It's got a little tougher we're gonna to go back to the well with bogdan Bogdanovich at 6100 and i'm gonna go with lori marketing at 5800 uh there's a few other options like you know tyler hero that i was also thinking that i did mention on earlier but those two guys i think have very very comfortable floors while also possessing that 40 dk point ceiling hero does as well don't get me wrong but i feel a little bit more confident in those guys now that may make hero the better gpp play uh, and then for the value, we're going to eat some chalk here. Go Brandon Goodwin at 4200 There's no doubt about it. He's going to be in probably 75% of people's lineups like Rondo was the other night. Don't fault you one bit. I'll be right there on that train. And then if I'm looking at this, this is where it gets tough. Because I like Gafford and I like that. young. They're both very similar price tags. I'll probably have both of them in a lot of my lineup. Hell, maybe we started and scrubbed it. Who knows? Uh, but at the end of the day, we'll lean, we'll lean Gafford. With it being a back-to-back, Thomas Bryant, I get it. He only played 15 minutes. Despite what DraftKings is saying, uh, I think that this is a decent chance that he could sit this game out. Gafford got inserted back in that starting lineup. There's a good chance we look at about 24 minutes from Gafford, and in that case, we could easily get 20 to 25 DK points is what I'm thinking uh, at 3,100, it's just a little too cheap. And now we'll slide over to the Thrive Fantasy Picks of the Night, where, listen, there's not a lot of studs on this slate to be overly excited about. But there's still a lot of good plays that we could go with here. I'll go back to the well with the and a half points, rebounds, and assists for 105. I think that's just too cheap. Uh, and, I mean, we can run it back with Jokic. You want to say 45.5 points, rebounds, and assists. That's only going to get you a clean 100, which is about even. And I'll throw one more in there for good measure. And I think I'll end up taking the under on DeJounte Murray's assists at 9.5. I think he gets right around 7 to 8. And uh, that'll give us a clean 100 as well. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. Much appreciated. Appreciate all the shout-outs, the messages on Twitter. Several of you guys I uh, wanted to give Eli his shout-out today because the dude took down that massive tournament and deserved it. Uh, he's always sending me some messages here and there. Always a kind listener. Always giving props where they're due. But I always had to give them back to you, buddy. So, I appreciate you always for listening. Uh, continue crushing it, man. You're doing, having a great season, and I love to see it. Uh, don't give me too much credit you're doing a lot of that on your own as well and then as always guys you can give us a thumbs up five star rate and review wherever you listen to this whether it's stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, youtube you name it we're there also you can follow me on twitter at mike m-i-k-e-a-p-o-t-r-i-a we will be back tomorrow it's gonna be harris grimani taking down that sunday slate for you guys he will be posting that bright and early in the morning so thank you guys take care and let's go take down some tournaments